What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to an episode here of the podcast version of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. If you want to hear the live versions, make sure you tune in every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Today we have local Queensbury, Glens Falls, New York, where base where almost where I am, rock singer Mr. Joe Masman and the Midnight Revival Band. Let's have a chat with him. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of Palenji Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Today we got Joe from the Midnight Revival Band here. We are both locals from Glens Falls, correct? Only the best. Only the best. I mean, I'm from Queensbury, but Glens Falls is literally right there. It's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So where are you today? Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in Albany right now. Working. Hanging out. Hanging out. (laughs) All right. Cool, cool. Yeah, my day job. So uh, digging a t-shirt. Everyone tuning in on the radio side, he's got a Metallica t-shirt. So I guarantee you he likes Metallica. I do, actually. You know what? I'm I'm one of the real Metallica fans, FYI. Not those Stranger Things people but uh okay i uh, <laughs> i'm also a big fan of the black album despite how much criticism it gets for true tried and true metallica fans i think it's a great album everybody loves that album even if they say they don't where they're like oh they sold out or something they love it well dude it's- like i was i was a late metallica kid i mean you know i was born in 85 i got into metallica you know when i was like 10 so that's 95 so yep. the Black Album was pretty fairly new still around that time. And that yeah. that album was my introduction into Metallica. So Yeah. Somebody burned it for me. They burned it on a CD with an Ozzy. I think it was Blizzard of Oz. And I listened to it. I remember I was like, what the hell is this? I go, I, I love it, though. I go, this is the guitar playing. I don't know if you agree, but when I listen to that stuff, I go, that's the stuff that I have to learn on a guitar to play better. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. I hope Lars isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> he may be. He's got his own radio show. I'll team up with him. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> no, let's see. Yeah, no, no, that'd be cool. So any Metallica influence in your own music here? So I before we get into it, I notice each release is a completely different style for your band, which is, I think, unique. Yeah, I mean, you know, we uh, we grow uh, quickly, uh, if, if that's what I can, I don't know how I can describe it. I, I don't know. I mean, we our music taste just changes a lot. A lot. It's just it's just personal growth, you know. I mean, yeah. When it, when we started this band, you know, we were listening to a whole lot of uh, uh, like outlaw country, you know, in the vein of like uh, Johnny Cash and and Brett Detter and yeah. uh, bands like that. And then um, so that's kind of what our style reflected then. And then we grew uh, more heavily into southern metal. So we were listening to bands like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster and Crowbot. Oh, okay. He is legend. And then um, you know. Uh, I mean, it just, the list goes on. And then, you know, right now, I mean, we've past couple of years, we've been into bands like Skid Row. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Rose. I was going to say that. So an eighties metal album, especially wild woman. That's the one I listened to. And I was like, geez, this is very, very eighties. Yeah. That's, uh, we, we started dabbling, uh, with this sound, uh, at the tail end of 2019. We, uh, we had written a song called sellout. Okay. And that, first time that um that we had gotten into glam rock territory you know that was it had that real like um you know that classic skid road type riff that very sleazy dance i was gonna say the sound that is that from dylan uh that so that riff was actually written by alex Um, okay uh but dylan um dylan's on that recording um dylan played mostly the lead on that on that track al did uh the rhythms okay 
I could tell Dylan was, uh, we did one show together, I think in 2017, and he, he's on my song, Set Me Free. I can tell his lead out of anybody else's by the way he plays. Oh, he's so unique. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's uh, a very Zach Wildish in some ways, but then mm-hmm. not really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's cool. Dylan doesn't need uh, anything to hide behind as far as effects and uh, just fancy, you know, yeah. whatever. Dylan. Dylan's sound is in his fingers and in his just in his personal style of playing. Yeah, like, it's very unique. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he he when he joined my band, I mean, he brought even more than just his guitar playing to the band. I mean, his personality is just his stage presence, just everything about the guy. It just yeah, yeah. He brought a huge package to our band. Yeah. Did you um for the sound to get that '80s metal sound like because we I like to talk about gear and stuff on the show too. <laughs> Did you use different gear? Like, how did you go about that saying, like, we want this to sound 80s? Or is it more just in the mix? It's honestly more in the mix. Um, okay. I mean, we did start using, um, you know, we, we were very into uh, boutique amps about five years ago, playing, uh, like, Dr. Z stacks. Um, okay. Tube uh, stuff, too? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dr. Z. Um, and we did that for a long time. Uh, we switched to... Um, to uh, Marshall half stacks, uh, orange half stacks, and now we use uh, everybody in the band uses uh, Headrush. Um, Never head heard pedal. of it. Never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we we've gone okay. all digital. We still use amps on stage, but we've gone all digital as far as the uh, the the rig goes. Um, okay. Kind of like and, a fractal thing going on. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know when we Alex uh, was really um, uh, diving into. Uh, Steel Panther a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he really liked um, the guitar tones on the the first and second record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did a bunch of research on how they how they got those tones and uh, found that you know they were just going digital, man, and it was Headrush that they were doing it with. So, oh, you know, okay. we, yeah, we so I, a couple years later, now we're all playing Headrushes. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> one Alex thing changes. One of the only guys on the internet that offers a tutorial on how to use these pedals. Really. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah there's still a lot it's... that's not really known about them, but Alex, like he's, I mean, he's, he's like our, our big gear guy anyways. And, uh, yeah, he, he hosts, uh, like a weekly YouTube channel on, on how to use that and set up different rigs. Oh, that's cool. I'll yeah. have to check that out. I love stuff like that. And it's, and it's a lot easier too out there with, cause everyone's like the old days of, you know, all the big stacks and the amps, even regular tube amps weigh like a thousand pounds. So you're like, yeah, you know you're saving on a lot, but you still go through cabinets, or you go through cabinet simulators. No, we still go through cabinets. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we 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 still put them through cabinets. So nice. Well, it saves a little bit on on there, you know. Yeah, I mean, we also uh, we haven't jumped on the in ear train yet either. So, um, as a singer, I need those cabinets on stage. Yeah. yeah. I am I am not an in-ear guy. I've never tried them, but I'm like, I don't know how I'd think about this because I, I do like to hear that room sound and that energy. But there's a lot of times, too, as probably you've noticed, where you can't hear yourself. And you're like, I really wish I had them now. <laughs> yeah. But to an ear setup when I was a bass player, um, you know, uh, playing like, you know, uh, in the church worship band Sunday mornings. And yeah, uh, they uh, they were definitely helpful and i can see the value in them um in our band in particular you know it's just our style like you know uh, we uh i feel like we're too constricted playing with in-ears especially if we were to add like an element like a click um yeah, yeah. just because uh with our band it's important to have 
you know, when we're hearing us live, hearing the bass rush a little bit, I mean, hearing the kick fall behind for a second, you know, yep, that, that's all pushes. part of like that, that sleaze rock and roll style, you know, that was, that's just how that, how that's that what is. it is. They, I mean, yep. they recorded to click in the studio, obviously, but like live, nobody ever played to a click in the eighties, even on the no. recordings, like you said, they would yeah. go off, they go on kind of. It's very hard. Like you have to be um, a certain type of band to make that, uh, to recreate that same energy to a click yeah. live. Yeah. If you're Nickelback, it wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. I'm sure they use them. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. So let's, let's talk about your live acoustic going on. Cause so you have, uh, we're going back, like you said, some Southern country, like wayward sun songs. And then you have the acoustic <laughs> stuff and then you got the eighties metal stuff. Uh, let's talk about the acoustic thing before we jump into uh, "Take It Easy," which I want to get into. Sure. So, what what about the acoustic stuff made you want to do kind of that acoustic livey thing? To me, it's I always associate it with the acoustic Godsmack guys. They kind of started that with the percussion and the bass guitar, and so what do you? I don't know who your influences are too. We can we could talk about that here. Uh, well, uh, so. As far as that record goes, um, what made that happen was, uh, so we were, we were on tour in February, 2019 and, um, and going into early, early March, uh, we played our last show, uh, of that tour, um, at Googs. It was a hometown show. And, uh, literally the next day is when the economy shut down because of COVID. Yep. Yep. And, uh, we had, uh, we had all kinds of plans to, record um what became the renegade record um like all we had been sitting on all those songs and we had planned on hitting the studio anyways that spring yeah. but um you know covid put the kibosh on it and uh um for the longest time it was just myself dylan uh at the time our bass player johnny um and uh our manager now turned bass player rob uh, <laughs> we were the only ones in the band that had still been getting together every single week Oh, okay. And uh, uh, it was one of those things where because we didn't have our full lineup, um, you know, able to sit in a room comfortably together and start tracking it together. Yeah. Uh, the rest of us, we just every week we got together around a couple of mics with some acoustic guitars and we just jammed. And uh, we had zero intentions of writing a record, or, you know, or recording a record. But yeah. Yeah. It was kind of just us jamming to acoustics and just doing fun renditions of our songs, plus a couple of others. And, um, I'm sorry if you can hear all that noise. I'm literally like next to a big Loomis truck at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But, um, but, um, anyways, to make a long story short, that record was us just jamming around some mics once a week and, uh, they were tracked as is no overdubs. Okay. And, uh, it became a live acoustic record. Uh, hmm. there was no special story behind it other than the fact that we were the only members of our group that were still getting together during COVID and, yeah, um, it was something to do it, too, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was important for us to still maintain um, a tight uh, playing relationship with each other. You know, I mean, there were bands that weren't getting together for months and months and months and months, and we refused to let that happen. Yeah. So, you know, we, we still wanted to keep putting out content and staying tight um, uh, with our playing, and that's how that Fear in the Valley record came out. We called it Fear in the Valley because at that at the time that we were doing that, uh, very little was known about uh, COVID and what exactly was going on in the world. It, was, it just felt like this big fear had swept the world. 
Yeah. And no yeah. We understood what was going on. And, you know, it was very like just ominous. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like we captured it with that record. Yeah. It's a, well, it's, it was questionable time too. You know what I mean? A lot of uh, lives and bands and stories and even the music industry. It's like, is this going to go on? Where's it going to go? Is it going to all crash? Is it it gonna felt be... like something out of a, like, like something that you'd see in like uh, a movie, you know, a movie. Yeah. It was so unreal. I think it was um, called the movie Contagion with uh, Matt Damien. It was almost, I mean, they made that 2012 or 13. It was almost the same situation as COVID. Like, really close. But the only thing is, if you get it, you completely died if you if you got it in the movie. Yeah. But I was well, like... Well, they say that sometimes there's, like, soft disclosure in Hollywood. So Yeah, but I was like, well, we're talking, you know, six, eight years, probably eight years before this. And I'm like, uh... Like, it's, it's dang close. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a big horror movie fan, too. I don't know if that comes into your music videos or your song ideas. Uh, I'm not that into horror movies, to be honest. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it was, it was kind of just the feeling in the world at the time, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there was a song on that record, uh, called blood on the scales that, um, was kind of like uh, a poetic, just recollection of start to finish how that timeline was playing out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, I was playing the mandolin and we were doing like, uh, some, some synths and um harmonicas and uh, i don't know like somehow we captured just that that gloominess um and that 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 weird gray area mm -hmm. of what was going on in the world and, and translated it to music and it was all live and it was really cool like um yeah. there's some there's some songs on that too that were just first you know first time around very sporadic like uh uh rebels you know when we redid that one and like it, it was just cool like I'll, I'll forever look upon that record as a time capsule. You know, it's always going to remind me of the beginning of COVID. What was that like for the world? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And hard to recreate it. You know what I mean? If you were to do yeah. it now, it's, yeah. you know, you might not have that feeling that you did. I know you're saying, yeah, that great gray scale. That's, that's a perfect word to describe that time <laughs> because it's, that's what it felt like to me. It was very gray. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, uh, I, I remember exactly what it felt like walking into a Stewart's and everybody's wearing masks. I mean, everybody's wearing masks for the first time. Yeah. Or they're just trying not to, they're not trying to uh, bump into each other, trying to stay away from everybody. Yeah. Which you're watching the news. Hey, I didn't mind that uh, as much, but some like people. Like how, how bizarre was it that they, the, the news had a death, a, like a, a death toll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like something from Death Race or one of yeah. those movies. It's like, what the Oh, now this show goes all over. We're, you know, the station's based in the UK. I'm sure it was different for them over there, but I do. I have some fans over there in Canada, and Canada it lasted a actually a long time. It didn't um, give up almost until like this year, as far as things fully kind of opening more. Um, but with that, I know they love the rock and roll stuff more than the USA. For some reason, like the 80s metal and all the rock stuff, it does better in like Canada and UK and Australia, mm -hmm. New Zealand. And um, what do you, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think the US, do you think it's just because they don't have them mainstream anymore? You know, these award shows and all this, it's all perfectly catered to that. Does that make it, you know, not popular anymore? 
is rock dead? You know, that sort of thing. Maybe. I mean, maybe to all of those questions. Uh, my opinion would be that um, here in the States, we have quicker access to uh, new and trendier technology like TikTok, Instagram. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like the youth here in the States, um, they move on to things far quicker because of that. You know what I mean? They, they catch on to trends and things like that quicker. And um, I'm not saying that, you know, in Europe that they're living in the stone age. I mean, um, I'm not saying that at all. I, I, I've, I've lived in Europe actually for a long time and, you know, life over there is still very interactive. It's very personally engaging. Like you don't see people on their phones constantly. I mean, people, people barely even own cars, you know, in some of the major cities. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like, um, uh, with them, uh, when I mentioned like a time capsule earlier, um, they, they, uh, they find something and they're, I don't know. They just have this loyalty to something that we don't experience over here in the U S yeah. Um, yeah. It's a different like, feeling completely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. I mean, but even like the term like new wave glam metal, I mean, that came out of like the UK. Yeah. You know, um, you had bands like, um, even like with some like thrash and speed metal, like they had bands like dragon force that were like leading the way. Yeah over there um, guys before fast. bands over here really caught on yeah yeah you had um, def leopard you had because- you know uh acdc is not in a usa band you know it's to me even like you go to the nickelbacks and stuff from canada a lot of the three days grace those styles that are popular a lot of them didn't come from here i mean metallica did megadeth um but there's there's not as many as what we think you know then you had your poisons and your skid rows and, and all those stuff Motley Cruz, that's kind of like the yeah. USA bands. Yep. I mean, I think yeah. in Europe, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, uh, European bands are extremely, um, extremely talented and very creative. I just think that they have the, uh, just a deeper loyalty factor to those things than we do here. I think, yeah, like I said, I think it's because of emerging technology. We're just quicker to just, uh, you know, uh, catch the wave on something new. Yeah. In some ways, I think they maybe spend more time developing uh, their music gear and their instruments, too. Because I always feel like when you order yeah. something from UK or something like that, you're like, it's way better than like a Made in America uh, preamp. For some reason, I don't know, it just ha- always has like a better, clearer sound or whatever it is. Um, not always. I mean, there's some really, really great Made in America stuff, but... <laughs> I'm just saying kind of a general thing. I don't know if you ever noticed that like guitars, certain places have, are, you know, better made, better sound. You're like, that's always solid. If I order it from there, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, but, no, I, I agree. And I think a lot of, um, even just, uh, you know, the, the quality of their records too has a little bit more yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, glitz and a little more glamor and, yeah. um, like, uh, have you heard of a, there's a band called Crazy Licks that I've been listening to a whole lot the past couple of years. Okay. Um, they're another, like, uh, you know, um, they're a, a hair metal band out of uh, Sweden. Uh, they've got, I don't know, three, four records out maybe. I haven't, I don't, I don't really know, but okay. um, they're better than any American glam rock band I've, I've ever heard, you know? Wow. Like maybe I'll play during your record. show here. Yeah, the quality of their records is unbelievable, and uh, you know they're on they're a frontier band, so um, you know I mean that's a big label out that way, anyways, and you know they signed some pretty amazing acts. But uh, as far as what you were saying, is you know like uh, the gear and everything, like uh, you know 
Uh, they're a band that's like ahead of the curve as far as gear and stuff they use. I'm pretty sure they too have gone all digital if I'm not, not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead of the game over there. Well, let's, yeah. uh, let's move forward here to your uh, recent music video release, uh, Take It Easy. And I noticed that song, too, is another different style than your, than your other records. Is that, is that always on purpose? Like you're trying to evolve and just kind of do new things or just to reach kind of like a broader audience, too? Uh, it's definitely never on purpose. We play all the time and we write all the time and... I think just because of the chemistry that we have together and just the amount of time that we spend with one another, um, I'd like to think of the music that comes out of it as very, very natural. Nothing is forced in our band. Um, you know, I mean, there's even songs that there's songs sometimes that we work on for years and years um, because it just doesn't feel right at the moment. Um, yeah. But nothing's ever like on purpose like that. Take it easy um, was a song. In fact, that we had, uh, we had been writing for like two years and, you know, we demoed it with three drummers <laughs> and the song was rewritten constantly. Just, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the music yeah. and the lyrics are constantly rewritten just because, how do we grow? You know, we listen to different types of music. You know, we're inspired by, you know, new records and old records. And um, Let the song you know, grow too. That's what I always say. What's the best for the yeah, song? And eventually it'll exactly. get there. Uh, I'm, a, yep. I'm a big proponent uh, that like a song... A good song is a good song, regardless of what media it's recorded on, what gear you're using and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, yeah, I think that uh, if you just like if you just feel it, it'll come out right. Um, you'll you'll just know when it's right. And uh, yeah, when yep. we, had, when we had finally um, like demoed it to the point where we we're like, OK, yeah, now now it feels pretty good. We immediately went into the studio and we tracked it in two days. Yeah. Yeah, and it should be easy. That should be the easy part. Be like, once it feels good, it's a lot easier than I know. I know the feeling of just something that's like it's not there, and this isn't working. And like you said, you get other people in, and you almost feel like scrapping it. I don't know if you ever feel like that. I'm like, maybe you should just scrap it, and then you listen to it maybe a year later, and you're like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it, it happens <laughs> all the time. I mean, I you yeah. know, I'm sitting on um, I'm sitting on so many demos and. Um, and song ideas. I mean, when we, um, you know, cause we're, we're, uh, writing a record right now, actually, um, that we've got about halfway done. And, okay. um, and every time we get to a point where we're like, Oh, okay. You know, this is going to be the final one for this record. This is going to be final one for that one. Uh, something new comes out already or, or, yeah. you know, a new idea, uh, you know, comes to mind and we go back into the studio and retract something. It's just happens yeah. constantly. But I, I think it's just because, you know, like I said, we spend that much time with each other. And we talk about the songs uh, so much together that just, I don't know, we're just, we're full of ideas constantly. I mean, we're, we're constantly pumping out content in that sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I noticed too, you do like eight song, seven song albums too, like the old days. That's not always by choice. I mean, I, I would yeah. love to um, do a full length and we toy with it uh, every year, but um, you know, let's face it. I mean, the music industry has changed, you know, people's uh, attention span and, fans have changed. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, you know, our generation still listens to, to albums, but I do. Uh, yeah. When yeah. somebody releases an album, even whoever you guys, I list, that's what I listen to. It's not in a shuffled playlist. It's exactly. let's listen yeah, to the first same. song that the artist painstakingly said, this is the first song that you're going to listen to. And then all the way through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, listeners today, the younger listeners aren't like that. Like they're, they're just adding singles to their playlists. Yes. EPs, you know, um, 
Uh, bands release uh, a lot of EPs because they have more opportunity to rebrand themselves multiple times uh, a yep. year. So they, um, rather than on an album cycle, which what, like an album cycle is two, three years sometimes, you know, a band sticks to one used, type of brand. Used to be, yeah, yeah. Um, but if, you know, if you're putting out, uh, you know, two, three EPs a year sometimes, you can rebrand yourself every time, you know, yeah. even more singles. We, uh, yeah, so we've, we've put out a lot of EPs just because it's, it's better for us to, to continue playing shows and put our focus in other areas that matter, you know, mm -hmm. and not spend a year in a recording studio, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times, because I'm with the same boat, I've never made a record. I've only made EPs. And that's mm -hmm. the same reason. And a lot of times, too, when I listen to these 12 track albums, even some of the artists will admit it that there's three songs that are fillers. They had to fill it. So I'm like, yeah. well, if it was really an eight song or nine song album and they put that little extra time into those other songs, you know, those nine songs would all be singles. You know, they'd be really, really solid. So that's how I feel. I feel like they all should be singles. You know what I mean? No fillers. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was uh, listening to an interview a couple years ago with uh, with Anne Berlin and um, they were talking about how. Uh, when they when they record albums, how they pretty much only plan on playing about forty percent of that material. Yeah, you know the other yeah. sixty percent is fan favorites and hits, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But um, you know, from what uh, guys like on our level, you and I, you know, we just find it better to put out EPs, have a handful of new songs to introduce to an audience, especially yeah. if it's an audience. Most of the time, you you know as well as I do, ninety percent of the time you're going to play to an audience that like has probably heard you. Yeah. You know, multiple times, uh, they're really, they're looking for you to fill up a 30 minute set with stuff that they've never heard before. Yeah. Um, not the same songs. Yeah. Cause when you're an album, case, you're stuck playing two years of the same stuff and that's all you got. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like in our, in our case, you know, our, you know, we want to keep playing live and, and we want to keep doing, uh, music videos and, and even from like a financial standpoint, you know, like we, we, we're trying to put whatever money we, we scrap towards, Yes. you know, other yep. creative outlets and it can't all just be put into a full length every year. So everybody out there, make sure you check out, take it easy. I was going to say it's, that was very well uh, shot and edited too. Cause I'm, I'm into film stuff and I really, I really like that one. I think the best that you guys done so far for videos. Thank, uh, thank you. That was a uh, cool one. Quick shout out to Riley Balcom. Riley. Good job, buddy. Great. I love the black and white kind of stuff too. Yeah. Like we, we, uh, we intended to go for like kind of like a gothic um, element to it. Um, we had changed uh, the treatment of it at the last minute because okay. we had gone through a drummer change. And, uh, you know, the part that was originally written for our drummer um, was such an important part that it just didn't work out anymore. So when we had uh, <clears throat> changed drummers, um, the entire treatment of the video changed. And, uh, yeah. you know, we pretty much had the treatment set and finalized. Uh, you know, six days before the video shoot took place and we had to get all of our ducks in a row real quick. And Jeez. Yeah. That's the but, film but world right there. You just do it. Yeah. We pulled it yeah. off. So yeah. um, it was cool because I, I told uh, Riley, our director, I said, Hey, I was like, I have, uh, I have this idea and it's crazy and I don't know how to execute it, but I'm pretty sure that you do. So here you go. <laughs> work with it. And do he, it. Did, he did a fantastic Thank job. So, oh boy. Any shout outs you want to give the people out there? Yeah, actually, um, you know, uh, who doesn't get enough credit is, uh, uh, our actress, uh, Jessica Veritas. She, she was also in our last video, uh, Renegade Love. And, okay. 
Uh, she does like uh, some alt tattoo modeling and um, she's just a fantastic person, has, has zero acting experience, you know, like I'm pretty sure uh, we're the only band that she's actually uh, done any film footage for. And really, okay. Yeah, she she's done fantastic in both of our videos. And um, a lot of like uh, the hits and stuff that we're getting on this is because that thumbnail on the video with her with the, the um, with the flower in her eye is just so striking. Yes. So, like, what is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Jess a little evanescency, like some of that kind of stuff too, uh, visually. Yeah. Which yeah. I yeah. Like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, both Jess and Riley just did a fantastic job. And, yeah. You know, they worked on a very low budget. So we all do. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> got to do what we got to do. You know what I mean? But a lot true. of it now is is camera quality and editing. There's mm -hmm. a lot you can do just with lighting. You've got a really good camera and then hopefully you can edit really well. And because all that extra stuff, the look, the lens flares, the coloring, the, the LUTs, everything is you can you can make or break a video so it's 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 very important to work with someone you yeah. know and you trust you know what i mean yeah and uh you know with the past couple of videos you know we've been huge now on location you know and like we have to absolutely nail a backdrop um before any of the other stuff can can yeah. find its way into the video so um you know with the last video a renegade we uh, you know we had used a, an entire high school you know, this time, you know, we shot it up in the in the beautiful mountains of Whitehall. So, yeah, our backdrops for us lately have been perfect. That's what's been really, like, inspiring, like, uh, all the extra content being thrown yeah. in. So. Yeah. Dig it. Keep doing it. So we're going to look forward to a new album this year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're still on the fence as to, uh, you know, EP or full length. We don't know. We have enough material. Maybe early 2023 then, if it's more. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, I think I'm leaning more towards the EP route. I, I think that we will okay. have any probably ready to go September, okay, early October even, um, at least. But uh, the material's there for a full length. We just don't know as far as, you know, uh, strategically if that's the best move for us because uh, we are already booking tour dates into the fall. Okay, and. Um, and you have with a PR campaign going on, which I which I found out mm -hmm. about for for the single. So I was like, well, there's got to be a record or something in the in the works. Yeah, and there is, there is. Uh, we're just trying to figure out strategically what's going to make uh, the best sense for us, just because it's been a long time since we've gone on tour, and um, yeah, getting uh, getting tour dates lined back up this fall is huge for us. And where can markets. where can people go see that on your Facebook websites? Uh, yeah, on Facebook. And, uh, if you, uh, if people go to the midnight revival rocks, that's got, um, uh, our confirmed dates on it, but there's a lot more, um, right now that are, um, still being confirmed, mm -hmm. but we're, you know, we're going to be hitting up, um, uh, uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio and Rhode Island and Nashville and Georgia. And, um, we're just waiting on some last confirmations and then, um, who knows yeah. if we get lucky, maybe we'll even be on the kiss cruise <laughs> there you That's go. Up to the fans to decide. So you, you and uh, but, Mariah Formica there from plush. Yeah. Now. She's doing very well too. I've interviewed her a couple of times before she was in that band, but um, yeah, yeah, that's, that was, that was crazy. What, what's, what's going on with her too, but we're all, uh, I like it cause we're all in the rock style. It's like, let's bring it back, man. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, you know, sure. rock needs to, yeah. to, to be elevated more, I think in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're in a unique position in the sense that like, we already have all of this recorded material 
that we can put out any day. Yeah. Uh, um, and we have tour dates being lined up. We just, we got to do what makes the most sense for us yes. right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you judge based off, because if you get some PR, I know in some areas and this and this, you might want to cater towards that a little bit and you do some more interviews and that dictates kind of where you go or what you do sometimes next. Where yeah. did, before we go, I want to ask you, where did you come up with the Midnight Revival band name? Um, there's, uh, well, there's no special meaning behind it per se, but, um, when we, uh, so I, um, about a little over 10 years ago, I was in, uh, another full-time rock band. Uh, we were called Cosmonauts. Uh, I remember I that because we, we did one show some years ago. I don't know if it was yeah, with this I, band. Or I think it was the other band. Um, I'm pretty sure actually that, that may have even been the last time I actually ran into you. I don't know. Like I remember pretty running sure. out of Denny's. It was, we had both, like both of our bands had just played a Halloween show somewhere. Yes. And I ran into you at Denny's. You, <laughs> we were both wearing makeup. It's real awkward. It's, <laughs> I was the crow or the Riddler or something. I, I can't think, remember. I think you were the Riddler. Yeah. Something like um, that. Yep. But, um, yeah, so, uh, that band, um, you know, uh, cool, cool band. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm still in, uh, you know, good friends with everybody there. And, yeah. um, we had a, uh, we, we had a, a deal fall through with victory records and it was kind of like the nail in the coffin. That's just when everybody decided, okay, you know, it's time to move on, make life yeah. work. And, yeah. um, I was, uh, I was really, uh, the only one who decided like, no, like, you know, like, uh, I'm this close, like, I'm not going to give up now. And I started, um, a band called the quick and the dead. Okay. And, uh, um, we put out, um, a four track EP and literally within that same year, uh, we had solidified our lineup from three to six people. And, uh, we're like, okay, you know what? Like the music's already evolving into something a little more rock and roll and classic mm -hmm. sounding. Yep. We need a name that just sounds classic. So yeah. that was honestly, yeah, we just wanted a name that sounded classic. We felt like the midnight revival band was something that people could relate to. Um, if yeah. they were listening to music from the seventies and eighties. Yeah. But it's also kind of, it's new age with, if you just took midnight revival, it's kind of, that's kind of like, I don't know what you call them. Those, those new, yeah. real and, uh, heavy kind of bands. Exactly. You know, and, um, uh, around that time, it was just trendy in 2015 for bands <laughs> to start to, Oh, songwriter in the somethings. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember uh, that. that was, yeah. 2015, 2016, that was a trend. It went away again, but, I don't know. Uh, the name is already solidified. So it just, yep. even John Mayer did it. John Mayer did it for like a couple of years. That was big. And then it was like John and the garbage band, whatever, whatever it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but Tom Petty was, I think the first one really to kind of start that vibe, even though he wasn't hard rock, but I mean, maybe, maybe popularize it in yeah, like the modern yeah. age, but I mean, there are tons of bands in the fifties that were doing that. So yeah. Well, it used to be Elvis and the band. You still see that every once in a while. Like the band is just called the band, but people didn't realize the band was actually that's what they were called, the band. Yeah, I never knew that for a while. So I don't know. Everyone out there is a new Elvis movie. Go, go, uh, go support some rock and roll out there at your movie theaters. <laughs> I'm a big movie guy, so big Elvis fan right here. Yep, just throwing it out there, folks. Thanks for emotion. Uh, besides that, thanks for being on the show, man. I know, I know you're local and, and you're got to get back to work here, but. We will uh, be uploading this to our social medias and tune in every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. UK time. And 
Catch the reruns too. You know what I mean? I always say chime in on our social medias. Go to Joe's page. Make sure you comment on stuff, his, his videos. He's on Spotify. Share it with your friends. I, I find a lot of people liking things, especially on Facebook. They never talk anymore <laughs> at all. Leave a comment if you like it. Say, that's cool, or just a thumbs up, or something for, for us. Because believe it or not, uh, it helps our pages. Because we're dealing with the machines. It's like the Terminator world out there. And this algorithm comes in. And so the more you guys comment and, and interact with things, the more it's seen to to all of our other followers. So we all appreciate that if you guys can can do that for everybody. Everybody you like. Everybody out there. Yeah. Thanks, think, man. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> totally, man. Technology has, uh, you know, it's made being in a band uh, easier and yet still far harder for some reason. Yes. So, yes. The you know, reach. Because, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, now we are, we're going up against computers and algorithms, so. Dun, 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 Not dun. The, the, the pool of millions of bands that sprouted up because of it, so. I know. It's crazy, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. Radio Wigwam, only here, Palangi Studio of Rock. I want to say, too, that this show is sponsored by Alyssa Ebersold Concert Photography. If you don't know her, check her out, because she does a lot of live stuff in the area as well, Joe. And she does uh, graphic design stuff. She'd be cool. someone to team up with if you're if you're doing a show. You want some some pictures. She shot every from Daughtry to Mariah's stuff. She's she's done some of my photos. Um, very good, keen eye, very sharp images, which I like. Yeah, I never say no. It's uh, you know extra hands. Uh, you know, I'll send her your or send you her info. <laughs> sure, man. Hi, man. Like you know, it's yeah. been a long time. I've like really caught up. So. I was almost going to say, let's do this live in the real studio here, but I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I have a double mic situation going on right now for, for Zoom, for recording this. But someday, let's, let's do so. I'll rig up some, some mics or something. We can, do it. we can do a follow-up in the studio here. For sure. Hey, by the way, by the way I was a big fan of uh, um, the Breaking Benjamin cover you did with um, Between Now and Forever. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are cool. Rodney. So good job. That was awesome. That's still number one on everything. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. love Breaking Benjamin. I'm like, they're like, we kind of look like them too. And I was like, eh. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate it. Well, check out, uh, no check out my song "Set Me Free." That's the one Dylan does a guitar solo on. You will absolutely know he's playing guitar back in the day. <laughs> All, right, All right, man. Thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Everybody out there, make sure you go check out his social media and all the stuff. As I say, you can stream the music, but download it, folks, for us. Please download the music if you dig it. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Palangi Studio of Rock. Joe here from the Midnight Revival Band. I'll see you guys soon. See you, bro. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast version here of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Catch the live shows every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Chime in on our social medias and make sure you see any of these video repeat podcasts on YouTube and go to frankplanty.com. Appreciate it. Hopefully you guys come back and I will see you soon.